2: Welcome back to hour number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up to date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
3: Hour number two. I'm Kyle Madsen. Over there is James Ham, the James Ham of the Kings Beat. Subscribe to the Kings Beat at thekingsbeat.com and the Kings Beat podcast wherever you get your podcast. Sean Cunningham is on there. Another person who will not be named is on there. <laughs> Brendan Nunes. We love Brendan. Brendan um, Nunes. Before we talk about the trade deadline where nothing is happening, although nothing's happening now, stuff has definitely happened, though, and and I want to talk about that. But before we do that, uh, Golden Sky Country Music Festival is coming. It's October 18th through the 20th. It's a weekend-long thing. You pull up he, Keith Urban, Thomas Rhett, Luke Bryan... The Turnpike Troubadours, obviously. Riley Green, Bailey Zimmerman, Ashley McBride. I could go on and on. It is a glut, an embarrassment of riches, of country music superstardom. And ESPN 1320 wants to send you. Go to ESPN1320.com. You can enter to win two general admission passes. uh, And those are weekend passes. You pull up. You get all three days. That is, like I said, Keith Urban is one day. Thomas Redd another day. Luke Bryan the third day. Wow. It's going to be an awesome, awesome show at Golden Sky Country Music Festival, October 18th through the 20th. Enter to win a couple of general admission passes at ESPN1320.com right now. Hell yeah. Fired up.
4: Yeah. Can't wait. Anyways. That's like nine months from now. Eight. Eight, okay.
3: Eight and a half. Speaking of that, trade deadline, 25 hours-ish. Uh,
4: got right an there. We exact time? 25 hours, 24 hours and 50, uh, 56 minutes when you said that. Yeah, Now it's right. 55 minutes and 50 seconds. <laughs> Just
3: doing a countdown. Here's our show. It's a countdown to the trade deadline. That's right.
4: 59,
3: 58. 58. <laughs> <laughs> so... There's been a lot of talk, and I saw some of this in the in the chatty house during the break at, at youtube.com slash ESPN1320, also twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. But I saw a lot of this in the in the chatty house during the break, and, I, and I've seen just kind of this analysis in general that it's been a really slow trade deadline. And I think the reason for that is partly because there's probably a, a myriad reasons, but it's partly because the two big names at this trade deadline were the two Toronto Raptors. It was OG Ananobi and it was Pascal Siakam. They were traded in the middle of last month. Yeah, which takes a lot of stuff off the table in terms of major moves and 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 championship potentially championship altering moves or playoff altering moves. And now we're down to the the Dorian Finney-Smiths and the Royce O'Neals and the uh, Bruce Browns. Yeah, like th- that's that's what's on the table now. I don't think it's a slow trade deadline. I think the trade deadline just happened prematurely. Because let's go to the world where OG and Pascal Siakam are still on the table. We're talking rumors, we've got the Kings involved, we've got the Warriors involved. We got every every team is basically the Pacers are going to be there, the Knicks are going to be in the mix, you got Miami, you got the, all these teams and you're going to have rumors flying, and there's all these three-way deals, and there would be something to talk about every single day about new rumors of this offer and that offer, and this team is now in the mix. That would be all over the place, and it would be like, wow, what
4: an exciting trade deadline. But the two big moves already happened. No, I, I totally agree. Even throwing Terry Rogier in, in there. That, like t- Another it, good one. It already happened. Like, all of these deals. And that is kind of the way the trade deadline goes, I think. You know, there's always this this way that you remember things Mm -hmm. and the way that you typically remember a trade deadline is, oh, it all happened on the last day or the last two days. It was wild. But a lot of times this is actually how it happens. There is a trade. And don't forget, like we talked about this when the when the Pascal Siakam trade went down, the Kings were looking to make a deal then Mm -hmm. they wanted to build this thing up. So they had it ready to roll for the last half of the season. And it didn't happen. They didn't get the Pascal Siakam deal done. Mm -hmm. And whether that's because they didn't want to spend the money or Siakam wasn't convinced that he wanted to stay in Sacramento, like there are all these mechanisms in place in that trade. Uh, There's rumors that the Raptors switched the deal up at the last second, whatever. It doesn't matter. It didn't happen. And that's kind of the window the Kings were looking at. I'm not saying that they're not going to make a deal between now and, and tomorrow at noon, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they still have, a you know, a whopping, uh, like 24 hours, 52 minutes and 45 seconds to go. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they have to make a move. And yeah. if I'm the Kings at this point, I look at it a couple of ways. Like if you can really improve your team right now, then maybe you, you do something. If you can improve your team by using second round picks and maybe Davion Mitchell or Chris Duarte, then you do it. Like that's fine if you want to make some moves on the margins right now, but you get so much more power back in in your like your your war chest mm-hmm. on July 1st, right. where you give up your 2024 pick for the Kevin Herder deal, which is not a valuable pick at all. But if you give that pick up, uh, it, that means you made the playoffs. Uh, we get to July 1st, and all of a sudden you have all of your first-round picks moving forward. You've got four first-round picks. Mm-hmm. You have all of the pick swaps in between. You got a 25, a 26, 27, all the way to 2031. Mm-hmm. You've got picks, and those are valuable picks. And you have one real rotational player in Malik Monk that isn't under contract. And what that means is now a guy like Davion Mitchell, who will make like $6 million and $6 million for Chris Duarte next year, those are now expiring contracts, and they're worth a lot more, mm-hmm. you know. And you start throwing these packages together; they look a lot different July first. And I didn't think I would uh, like if I were gonna like maneuver this team. I would have tried to be aggressive and make the move I needed to make to go get the Kyle Kuzma's or the you know Jeremy Grant of the world. Mm-hmm. But it's very possible that those two teams just don't want to play ball, or they're sure. just asking astronomical amounts, and you're mm-hmm. like. Like, look, I'm not going to tie everything up. And if I'm the Kings right now, I'm not going to give up a first-round pick, a future first-round pick for Mm -hmm. Dorian Finney-Smith or for Royce O'Neal. I'm not doing it. That's not worth it. No. And the Kings at this point, they can't guarantee that those aren't going to be good picks. They're still on the bubble. They're still on the bubble of being a long-term playoff team. Yeah. And you don't just – it's not like you're the Denver Nuggets where you can give up your picks and say, hey, look, it might be the 30th pick in the draft. Who cares? Right. So that's where I'm at. I'm like, if they can't make a big move right now, or if they can't make a super peripheral move with players who are basically French rotational players Mm -hmm. where you're giving up some second round pick stuff, Mm -hmm. then I'm, I'm taking a step back.
3: I am too. And And it's partly because I've been pretty on the side of make a move. You have to get better. Yes. But that was before, Oh look, Harrison Barnes is showing some life. Oh, Kevin Herter found his shot again. Oh, Keegan Murray is not being as assertive as you would like him to be, but is has these stretches of being more assertive offensively, and it just changes the dynamic of this team. Where for all the things you just laid out with that July first, where now all of a sudden you have access to all your picks in the future, it is so much more valuable to me if you're if you're Monty McNair in the Kings front office to play this season out, <laughs> because you've you've had so many peaks and valleys, yeah, that. I would like to see what does this team look like in a, in a playoff stretch it, where they are battling for, right now, frankly, they're battling for a playoff spot. They are a half game out of the number seven seed. Yes. Yeah. So they, how do they how do they respond to battling for a playoff spot? Can Harrison Barnes continue playing like this? Can Kevin Herter continue playing like this? Okay, great. You make the playoffs. What does Kevin Herter look like in the postseason? What do what Harrison Barnes and De'Aaron Fox and Damanis Sabonis and Keegan Murray, what do they all look like in the postseason? Because then you can reset this summer and go, okay, let's look at the next three years. That is so much more valuable to me, seeing what you actually have with this roster. Because frankly, right now, we don't know. Is Harrison Barnes just showing some signs of life for a couple of weeks and then he's going to go dormant again? Is Kevin Herter knocking down shots here for a couple of weeks and then he's going to go shoot 28% through March? That's Those are those are huge questions that we can't answer without the benefit of time and games played. So I would rather, if I'm Sacramento, play it out, see what I'm really working with going into this summer instead of saying, hey, maybe, maybe Kevin Herter is just an essential piece of this offense. And you're finding that out now, but he's the only movable piece you have. So, okay, move him now to essentially move laterally. That just doesn't make sense.
4: Yeah, I still am in the camp. You don't make a move just to make a move. You make a move because it makes you better. And if you have to take a step back to move forward, that's okay. Because I don't think that you're a team that secured yourself as a playoff team for the next eight years still. Mm -hmm. You're close. You're really close. Very close. Just saying, hey, we're a long-term playoff team. But you're not guaranteed. There's other teams that are coming for you. We've seen OKC, like develop, 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 and jump past you. Mm -hmm. We've seen the the Timberwolves jump past you. You got to figure out how to how to get back into the the game, how to Mm -hmm. get back into that top tier. And uh, you know you're not that far away. You're Mm -hmm. you're, you know four or five games away from it, but you're not there. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. The goal is to find out how to go, uh, figure out how to go from where you are today to what the ultimate goal is, and that's what you have to do.
3: And when you look, you just talked about Oklahoma City. That's a very young team. Yep. Minnesota, very young team. You have New Orleans. That is largely still a young team, an up-and-coming team. Um, Denver, I think, is just going to be around. I think they have a really good foundation, and they're going to be around for several years. Dallas, as long as Luka Doncic is there, they are one big move away from really being a tough competitive team i utah if you told me in five years that utah is in the playoffs every year wouldn't shock me at all i don't not with this roster right now but they are again it like dallas maybe a couple moves away from getting there so yeah if you're the kings it's not guaranteed like oh yeah they're just one of two teams on this ascension in the west and they're just going to dominate the conference I, i i i totally agree with you man when when you project this team out over the next couple of years there's too many question marks To just go start making moves right now for the benefit of this year.
4: Yeah. You don't make a move to just make a move. Nope.
3: All right. Let's dive into Kings Pistons. They play tonight at Golden 1 Center. How do the Kings get a victory? How do the Kings avoid the dreaded first game back home after a long road trip blues? I said that right? I think I said that right. How do they do that? We'll give you three keys to a Kings victory next on ESPN 1320.
2: You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader.
3: The Kings welcome the Detroit Pistons to Golden 1 Center... Tonight, 7 o'clock tip, we're talking Kings Pistons and that dreaded, dreaded first home game after a long road trip.
4: Mm. It's always tough, Kyle.
3: It's, dude, I can already, I'm so,
4: you can already hear it. I'm
3: glad, I'm glad I'll be at the game tonight. Yes. That's all. I agree. I'm just happy I'm there. I'm happy I'll be, I'll be hanging out with You. I'll be hanging out with my podcast co-host Voldemort, uh, who shall not be named at least for the next few days.
4: Yeah. Oh, spoiler. Oh,
3: TBD. Um, all right. So the Kings got smoked in the first quarter by the Pistons in Detroit last time they played these, this team. I think they tied the third quarter, I like thirty to thirty, and then the Kings ran them out of their building in the in the second and the fourth. So let's get to Kings do a key, key. I do that every time. Kings do a keys victory. Keys do a king's
4: victory. Uh, first injury report. What do we got? Uh, injury report. Right now, uh, the injury report could be brought to you by uh, insert name here. Oh, your business. That's right. Your business. You could sponsor the Sacramento Kings injury report here on ESPN 1320. Sasha Vizenkov is questionable. He's missed seven straight games with a right angle injury. Um, He has been a game time decision in almost every single one of these games. So it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen. But he just hasn't been able to suit up Uh, for the Pistons. Bojan Bogdanovic is struggling with a calf injury. And Cade Cunningham has left knee management. Both of them are questionable for this evening. Isaiah Stewart is out. He's been out for a while with an ankle injury.
3: I love the phrasing left knee management. Like he's got spreadsheets to run, he's got tasks to dole out, like the knee has all that he's, stuff to do. He's, like Kate Cunningham man doesn't the hell out of that knee, but his knee has all those things <laughs> to manage. <laughs> his yeah, knee, his knee is really taking on the the managerial responsibilities. Well, you love to see somebody with tasks thrust upon them, and then they take it and run with it. Nobody does it better than Kate Cunningham's left knee. That's right. He's manager material moving on up in the company
4: middle Uh, he is he middle management kyle i'm just saying middle of the leg i'm just saying see i
3: was thinking he's maybe lower management right now middle management is like the hips (laughs) upper management that's the shoulders uh all right
4: amazing
3: uh let's get to keys i need to make an intro for for keys to the keys to the game but what james is your first key to a king's victory tonight at golden one center Kyle, this is a must-win. What?
4: It's a must-win. I don't care. You have got to beat a six-win Pistons team. You've got to get back on the winning, uh, the winning path. You look at the schedule ahead. You've got Denver three times in the next, like, two weeks. You have got to win this game. This is a bad team. Wow. Go. Uh, you're hosting them. I I'm sure we're going to see 800 shots of baby rain sitting courtside. Again? He's ready for the game. He's one years old. Did you hear Kyle? I want to see you go out there and absolutely punk a team that is not playing well and has not been good the entire season.
3: Yeah. I must win is must win Kyle. You know what? I, one of my biggest pet peeves is when somebody calls because I, I, I don't fully agree with you. That this is a must win because if they lose this game and then go beat Denver and Phoenix and OKC, nobody's going to be going, yeah, but they lost to the Pistons. So I wouldn't call it that. But to your point, they've smoked so many games this year that they should have won. And if you're going to climb outside of this second tier in the West that we talked about uh, earlier, if -hmm. you're going to climb out of that second tier in the West where you're not a top 4 team right now you're battling with Phoenix and the Pelicans for the number 6 seed or they to stay out of for the for the 5 and 6 seed to stay out of the play. Yep. You're battling with those two teams to get up with the OKCs and Minnesota's and Denver's and Clippers of the World. You have to you you have to win this game. Yes. So I I, I agree with you there, but if they lose I'm not going to say the season's over. Uh, I hate when someone calls someone a must win like you just did. And I get what you mean. But somebody goes, well, it's not a must because the, the season's not, it's not like it's not game seven. Like, <sighs> thank you. Yeah, no, I do. I get, there was a time it's when it's a theoretical must win. I know exactly what you're saying.
4: Luke Walton was asked in game one if this was a must win. <clears throat> I'm just saying
3: it's happened. All right. Let's move on. My first key to a Kings victory.
4: Hey, maybe stop giving up
3: wide open threes. Maybe. I don't know. Team shooting, we talked about this. We talked about this uh, a couple of days ago. Teams are now shooting 42.6% from three against the Kings since the calendar turned to 2024. 42.6% in 18 games. That is abominable. And that's that's just a defensive problem. That is a matter of strategy at this point where too many teams are getting wide open threes. I don't care if they score inside a little bit. Run them off the line. You, you you cannot let a team get into a rhythm from 3 especially a team that is way worse than you because that's how they stick around in a game.
4: Kyle on the season they they're allowing their opponents to shoot 39.5% from 3. 39.5. You're nuts. 29th in the NBA. It's nuts. That is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Uh wild.
3: All right, what is your second key to a Kings victory?
4: Uh, James' second key. Get Keegan involved. Yeah. You know, the last time these two teams played, he scored 32. Um, Over the last week, he's had three five-point games, a 33-point game, and a 10-point game. Like, figure some of this out. Feed him, feature him, get him involved again, because I, I get it that you want Harrison Barnes firing away. I get it that you want Kevin Herter firing away, but you need to continue the development of Keegan Murray at this point. Mm -hmm. and especially against a young team that's not very good, Mm -hmm. let him eat against a team like this.
3: A maximized version of the Kings, whether it's this year or in five years, is De'Aaron Fox, Keegan Murray, DeMontis Sabonis. We talk about the trade deadline a lot on the Insiders, 10 to noon, Monday through Friday, ESPN 1320. We talk about the trade deadline a lot, but nothing else really matters moving forward outside of those three players. And Keegan Murray and Demonis Sabonis combining for 18 shots and Keegan Murray having so many nights where he takes seven, eight shots. Keegan Murray having a night where he has 21 in the first half and then finishes with 33. Yep. I, I mean, he should have 21 in the first half and then gunning for 40 or 50. So I, I totally agree with you, man. It, it, they, they need number 13 to be more impactful on a more regular basis starting tonight. Yep. Number two for me, uh, the impact of golden one center, man, Mm. not that it's going to be rocking like playoff atmosphere. It's the Pistons. Everybody knows, but in that first game back from a home from a long road trip, haven't been home in two weeks, let the crowd get into it. The Pistons will punt, hit a couple of threes early, get up 10 in the first quarter, Crowds rocking. The Pistons are done. This isn't a, a team that's going to buckle down and be like, "Hey, let's shut these fans up." And I think that's a big way that you can avoid that that lull on your first game back after a long road trip.
4: Yeah, I totally get agree. The fans into it, and I would tell fans too. I'm just looking outside right now. Like the fog has rolled in. Like, be safe. Get there early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, be like, show up and be noisy, but also be safe tonight because it's going to be. I think the weather just keeps. Going crazy on us. And this could be one of those games where we get out at 10 o'clock and it's so like foggy and crazy that you can't see like five feet in front of you.
3: Yeah. Definitely. And don't during a drive get a ride. Yeah. Anyways, number three,
4: don't get caught up in the trade deadline. Things are quiet as of now. Don't let the noise in. If one of your teammates gets traded and we have the hug in the middle of the game, like hug watch, that it happens like understand that this is the process and understand that you have a job to do and the job to do tonight is to go out and beat the Detroit Pistons and that's it. Yep. Yep. It's a business.
3: Yep. Yep. I'm with you. Uh, number three for me, get on run. When they got when they made the game frenetic against the Pistons in Detroit, the Pistons started giving the ball away. Mm-hmm. It was driving in, whether it was Jaden Ivey or Killian Hayes or uh, I forget their... They had a point guard playing who doesn't usually play because Kid Cunningham was out, and I forget his name right now. But whoever it is, <laughs> driving into the paint, throwing the ball away, the Kings had a ton of steals, a ton of fast break points, get out and run and, and force the Pistons to do that. They are not skilled enough to to run and, and execute an
4: offense on the fly. I, was it Marcus, Marcus Sasser. Sasser?
3: It was Marcus Sasser. That's exactly is. who it was.
4: Yeah, put pressure on him. This is yeah. a team that is not great and, and has a lot of holes. Yep. Go out there and, uh, and you know, turn the screws. Yep. If the
3: Kings do all those things, they'll get a win tonight. And uh, if they win, I'm staying the whole game. If they win, it'll be the first time I will ever be seeing a beam.
4: Oh, the beam and the fog. That should be cool.
3: If the, the very fir- Every time I've left early, they've won. When I've stayed the whole game, they lose. Mm. Stay in the whole game tonight. Let's reverse the trend. If I stay the whole game tonight, I'm telling you, if I stay the whole game tonight and they lose... I will never stay for a full game ever again. Oh my gosh! Because now it's on me. It's science, and I will wear it. I will wear it tomorrow on the Insiders from ten to noon on ESPN thirteen twenty. There it is. All right, we got a ton of stuff coming up on ESPN thirteen twenty, Sacramento Sports Leader. Don't go anywhere.
2: You're listening to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN thirteen twenty and ninety eight point five HD two, Sacramento Sports Leader.
5: Selling a little or a lot.
2: Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
4: I got breaking news. Kyle, we got a little trade. Trade season. Not Sacramento Kings. Not Sacramento Kings. The Memphis Grizzlies are trading forward center Xavier Tillman to the Boston Celtics for two second round picks. Sources tell ESPN. That is from Adrian Wojnarowski.
3: I like that for Boston.
4: Hmm. Yeah, I wonder what that means for uh, for friend uh, Namias Keda.
3: Hmm.
4: I don't know. Yeah, Xavier Tillman, fine rotation player. Yeah. Well, back into the rotation. That's fine. I mean, you need depth for sure. Yeah. A- and uh, Namias Keda, if I'm not mistaken, he's on a two way contract. So. Like you can't use him in the playoffs and uh, he has a, a clock running on him like Keon Ellis does.
3: So, hmm. I, I'm sure there's a reason that this is a bad take, but I'm going to say it anyway. I would trade for almost any NBA player for two first, for two second round picks. Okay. I give, if, if there's some player that the Kings think might make the back end of the rotation better for two seconds, just, sure. Yeah. like quiet. Yeah,
4: do it. No, I'm with you. Like, I I, I understand where you're going with that. And, and, you know, like, for that matter, like, there are players out there that I, I would easily... Like, what you want to do is, if you're a team like the Kings, is you want to try to cash in and at least get a veteran for what you're doing, right? Like, someone that you know who they are and what they are, and you're giving up some draft capital, but that draft capital really... For a team like the Kings, mm-hmm. it might come in handy if you're developing talent at the G League level to yeah. fill voids. But there's also a good possibility that those players will never play for you. Mm-hmm. And overall, look at the second-round picks that the Kings have had. I mean, Keon Ellis wasn't even a second-round pick. Yeah, like Keon Ellis was a undrafted free agent signing. And mm-hmm. you know, Jalen Lawson may never play up with the, the main team again this season mm-hmm. or next year. Yeah. You know, Colby Jones, second round pick, he probably will develop enough that you can can get some minutes out of him at some point, but like second round picks. Yeah. If you got to give up a couple of second round picks to go get yourself a legitimate NBA player. Okay. I'm game. Yeah. I would do that. Like not, not necessarily
3: Xavier Tillman in this instance, because I just, I don't, but he doesn't fit the need. No, but I think if there's any kind of like wing type player available that and throw a couple of second-round picks out, or a second-round pick, like, yeah, man, just go do it.
4: It's kind of like what we talked about last year with uh it wasn't just, um, well, there was Darius Baisley, but also uh Matisse Steibel. Matisse Steibel mm. was traded for, I think, a pair of second-round picks. That's a deal, like, I would have oh gone out God, and done, yeah, and then they were able to lock him up. Like, you can, you can do a lot with second-round picks, and the Kings have a couple of extras. They don't, uh, I think they have an extra this year, and they have an extra, uh, I want to say, other, like two years from now.
3: The other thing about second-round picks is it's pretty rare that you fall into Isaiah Thomas, right? Where oh yeah, you're not that good of a team, and you just, with a late second-round pick, find a guy who's just good and is just a contributor right away. Yeah. I think as the Kings get—assuming they stay on the trajectory they're on— I think if if they get to that point where they're just a perennial playoff contender, now those second round picks become a little more valuable because now they're cheap. Now you have a a roster where you can afford to let them develop either on your bench in a very cursory role or down in the G League or whatever it is. And now all of a sudden you get like that's what that's what happened with with Golden State and Draymond Green, right? Mm-hmm. Like he he didn't play a lot. He sat on the bench. He developed and then got. Now he was an early second round pick, but. But still, you see the that kind of path forward. Like I think Colby Jones, A, I think he can develop because he has a really good feel. But B, he's getting a year to just, yeah, he's getting some NBA experience, mm-hmm. but he's getting time in the G League as well. He's playing basketball. He's familiarized with what the Kings want to do on, on on offense and what they want to do on defense. And now all of a sudden you could see him next year being a player that, yeah, hey, he's just in the rotation. He's just a third guard.
4: Yeah, I, like that's what if you're going to be a great team, and that's why again, Monty McNair came from the Houston Rockets, where they did this exact thing all the time, right? This is kind of what the Rockets did. They they would go out and chase stars, superstars, all day long, mm-hmm. but then they also had a like a factory in their G League team that was creating three and D pieces to go alongside these guys, or even. Mm you know, Tariq Black and uh, Montrez Harrell, like these forceful undersized centers that can go out and, and like wreak havoc. But you're you're teaching them a role and saying, hey, stay in your lane. This is who you're going to be. We need you to come in, like just give us a bunch of pop, mm-hmm. right? Or we need you to play defense Daniel House. Right. Stay on the perimeter, keep somebody on the perimeter and, and shoot the three when you get an open look. Yep. And know your role. So I I think that that's where the Kings are heading with a lot of these. I just, you know, I wish that they would have found more of the six foot seven, eight, nine uh, wing players like this uh, instead of just guard play. I think that that's where they have to move. They have to start creating the Kessler Edwards. Yes. But with those second round picks and seeing if you can develop one or two of them into something.
3: Yeah, we've talked about that before. That's what I'm doing all offseason. If there's no major trade that's gonna shake up your roster, do whatever you can to add Kessler Edwards types. Okay. It, it, maybe they work out, maybe they don't. But if Kessler Edwards consistently knocked down a three, that just that changes what the Kings can do in in their front court.
4: No, I, I, I totally agree with you. And um, I think
3: it's interesting that he's starting to play more this close to the deadline. Yeah. I don't know. No,
4: I'm with you. big Kessler Edwards supporter. Would you... uh, Although
3: he runs like his shoes are a size too big. Yes. It's clear he's very unsure of what he's doing.
4: You know, there used to be a guy that was drafted in in the first round, but I think he he went into the early 20s. Uh, You remember Terrence Jones, Uh, Houston Rockets, but... Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Big-time super athlete. Louisville? Uh, No, I want to say Kentucky. Uh... Anyway, oh, I'm he, thinking
3: of. Go ahead. Sorry.
4: He ran like, like his ankles were on swivels. Like his feet flopped, <laughs> and it was it was very very clear that he was going to have trouble like sticking around the league. So, you know, I don't. I don't know.
3: Yeah, Terrence Jones is Kentucky. Who am I thinking of from Louisville?
4: Um. Oh, you're thinking Terrence Williams, who also. There you go. Who also was drafted there? Um. What if it's a minor deal, but. You're, the Kings were. What if the Kings and Warriors got together, and, and the Warriors need to save some cap space, mm-hmm. right? And and the Kings could use a little bit of depth. Stick with me here. What if you did a Davion Mitchell, JaVale McGee for Kevon, Looney and Moses Moody trade?
3: I think that helps. Uh, that helps the Kings significantly. Okay. I think I think Looney just does a lot of he just does the right stuff on the court at all times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a little bit the Alex Len bag too. I, I think that Loon is probably a better defender though. Just overall. Yeah. Um, and then Moses Moody can Moses Moody can play dude.
4: I think so too. I, just, I mean it, I, I would I, probably I'm, give up a second round pick in this deal.
3: I'm I'm super down to if, you, if you're the Kings if you can go get Moses Moody then then yeah for sure. Okay. Because that just that that you're trading, JaVale McGee, for a better player in Kavon Looney, okay. and
4: inexpensive too. Kevon Looney is not making that much money. He makes seven and a half this year, and I think seven and a half next year.
3: Yeah, so relatively inexpensive. And then Davion gets his fresh start, and you're getting a player in Moses Moody, who does a lot of the same stuff but better. He and rebounds. It, he knocks down threes. He's not a he's not like a lockdown defender, but he hustles on that end.
4: Yeah. And I think like Warriors fans would be like, oh, why would why would the Warriors ever consider doing that? And the fact is that if you can shave uh, four and a half million dollars off their salary structure, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that saves them so much money in the grand scheme of things. I mean, that probably saves them 30 million dollars in luxury tax. Yeah. That much. So and that's, that's that's why they would at least consider that, and you know, again, Mike Brown loves Looney, mm-hmm. and I, I think that you could easily find a way to, for for Looney to fit in, and and it kind of feels like Looney, they have their Looney replacement, in so
3: Trace Jackson Davis, yeah, and Trace Jackson Davis. Do you know who else Mike Brown loves? Uh oh, no, Draymond Green.
4: Oh no. Not just- <laughs>
3: No, so you're no, not joke, taking on joke, 75. No, no, that's that. That's a. I'm. That is. That was purely for the humor.
4: No, um, I, I get you. I get you. I, I mean, I bring up but, this because I'm like, hey, look, if you could get, if, if look, you could here, help them a little bit and he, add solid depth, why not?
3: This is, and this is, this in lies the problem with Golden State and the trade market for them, is nobody knows what they want. Yeah. They. They. I. I. I think that they're probably a little bit delusional. And they look at what they're getting from Steph Curry right now, and they're going. the The team doesn't need to be that much better. Mm. Like Jonathan Kaminga's improving, and I, d- d- Andrew Wiggins he, before he got hurt, he started to look better. And Draymond Green's back in the mix, and he's he's calmed down, and he's quarterback in the defense. And okay, here, here we go. Clay Thompson has accepted a, a lesser role. I don't know if you saw that video; that was tough to watch. Yeah, but I, I, he, he's being more realistic about who he is as a player. I can see the Warriors talking themselves into it. And saying, "Gonna stand pat and ride this thing out," which, I sure, yeah. But if if they're in the space that you're talking about, then yeah, I think absolutely. And if you, Monty McNair has probably already made that call and said, "Hey, you're not even in the play-in tournament right now. Yeah, you want to unload some salary? You wanna you wanna take Moses Moody and, and Kevon Looney or, or whoever? Yeah, off your
4: hands." There's a lot of ways to structure it, too. I, I just threw those two out because it's a way for them to save a bunch of money, mm-hmm. like realistically. Even yeah. if, I, I mean, I know you're going to like like shake your head no, but if you were to swap out Colby Jones in, in instead of JaVel McGee, um, it, it would actually save them even more money because Colby makes oh, yeah. a, a lot less money. I don't uh, know why
3: the Kings would trade their best player, but sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> No, I I, I that's and, and I mean I think that's where a lot of teams are with the deadline right now. Is what does this team want to do? Yeah. What do they what do they care it, but yeah, I think I think if you're the oh the other reason the Warriors could talk themselves into being delusional, I think. Remember the Brandon Pajemski stat I gave you yesterday about how he has three straight double doubles and he's the first oh, warrior yeah. to do that since Demarcus Cousins in twenty
4: nineteen. Oh my god. I don't think I
3: added that piece of the nugget. It was Demarcus Cousins. DeMarcus okay.
4: Cousins, who has been playing in Taiwan and, and having a great in, in, in he's played in China and Taiwan, he's had a great time.
3: Good, good love that for him. Love that for yep. Cousins. Uh, he was the last player to have three consecutive double doubles for the Warriors. Brandon Pajemski has done that. Pajemski also has had zero turnovers in those three games. He's the first rookie to do that since at least 1967. Wow! Yeah, crazy. All right. So again, there's just enough happening with him and with Kaminga. You could see Golden State getting delusional and going, "Yeah, that could, that that trade offer could save us thirty million dollars."
4: But like, eh. thirty million gonna, bucks is thirty million bucks. We're just man. gonna hang
3: out where we're at and try and win a title. And we're gonna hang out now with Kenny Caraway of D'Lo and Kenny. He is in the building today, Kenny. What's going on, man?
6: I'm good, baby. I'm good. I'm what's so going happy on with you're
3: back. Man. It's so good to see your face. Oh man, it's always good. Everything to Everything good? You guys Everybody good?
6: Uh, every everything's good. Okay. Definitely blessed. I'm uh I'm glad that we we changed uh, the name for the week. Yes. Uh, D-Lo and Kenny. There is no KC around here
3: <laughs> whatsoever. I'm. We've been talking a bunch of basketball today, and and we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts on this on this thing that James just proposed. But, dude, I was listening to some Super Bowl content on the way in today. Yeah. I'm so fired up for Sunday.
6: I'm turned all the way up. I'm so excited. I'm turned all the way up, man. And, you know, it's just, you know, I'm listening to things. I'm hearing things. I hear the disrespect. I hear the dismissal uh, of the San Francisco 49ers like they aren't who they've been all year long. I see it. I see it. I'm ready for Sunday. That's all I'm saying. I see it. I hear it. I'm ready for Sunday. You heard me? Me too, man.
4: This is really crazy that we have the NBA trade deadline, it like mixed in the build-up to the Super Bowl. Mm. It, it's wild because he, like you can't look away from the trade deadline. No,
6: no, not at all.
4: But we also haven't even really mentioned the Niners the entire day. It's totally bizarre.
6: Yeah, well, we mean, only have two
4: hours to work with. That's a little bit of it.
6: And and I'll tell you like this: I think the uh, the Super Bowl is going to be more eventful than the trade deadline. Yeah, for I sure. just don't think there's Thank enough sellers for something significant to happen. So we'll see stuff like you saw today, like Xavier Tillman and all this other stuff. Yeah, you might see those, but I don't. I don't think you're seeing the Kuzma's. I don't think you're seeing uh, anybody else. The, the Rosen's, uh, obviously Levine now, mm-hmm. and I mean you, you're not seeing those. There's too many, too many buyers, not enough sellers.
3: I would agree with you. Something James just proposed that our guy Drew Down, who I haven't seen in the chat, but. Now that we're talking Warriors, he's back in and he says that your idea is laughable. I don't think it is. So you and and Kenny, here's what James just brought up. Kings call the Warriors and send JaVale McGee and Davion Mitchell to Golden State for Moses Moody and Kevon Looney. Mm-hmm. And, and the Kings would also send like a second round pick in there. And Drew Down brings this up because from the Warriors standpoint, from just a pure basketball standpoint, that's a big no. Flat out. That's mm-hmm. a that is a no. That that makes the Warriors ostensibly worse. But on the other hand, uh, James, would you say it saves Golden State like $30 million? Oh, at least.
4: Yeah, Wait, it would minute. save them like $4.4 4 million in salary, which on in luxury tax would be more cuz we did 6 million, right? Mm-hmm. 6 million equated to 44 million when you factor in the salary. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be 32, 33 million for 4.4. 4. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of money right. in and salary that's, cap,
3: And that's the impetus behind it. Yeah. It's, mm. This is not a basketball-related move. This is not the Warriors going, hey, we're going to make a push by trading Moses Moody and doing this. Like, Moody's having a hard time getting into their rotation. hmm mm-hmm. And so if you're the Kings and you go, like, if, and but this is where, Kenny, you just brought up too many buyers, not enough sellers. I don't know if Golden State views themselves as a seller. No. even it, Even with the financial stuff that, that James just laid out.
6: The only, the only thing they're selling is, is CP3. Um, everything else, they feel like they're a buyer. They feel like a move away, and and Drew Down thinks you know it's it's laughable from a Warriors standpoint. And like you mentioned, I agree. Basketball wise, it is a little ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But do you want to spend the extra two hundred I don't know. The, I'm just throwing out a number. But do you want to spend the extra two hundred million dollars for a team that's not a championship team? First, that team, it's not a playoff team. It's not a playoff team. But I, I'm even saying, even if even if they make a move, because I, I think they'll at least get into the postseason, right? Like even if they're a eight seed or seven seed, like this isn't a championship team, barring barring something miraculous happening in the offseason, which would probably add to your your payroll. They're not a, a championship team next year. Like the championship window's over for this group. Yeah. So you're asking, you're asking Joe Lacob. Just for, you know, feels and just cause Mo- Moses Moody and Kaminga could get you to the second round to to shell out another two hundred and fifty million dollars a year. Like that's a, that's asking a lot. I know he's a billionaire or whatever the case may be, but it's easy for us to say you just, just basically give an extra two fifty for feels, uh for for all the feels of people like Drew Down and Warriors fans so they can see a second round team. Maybe he does that, but and that's where, that's where I don't know how,
3: because I, I
6: tend to agree, I just don't know
3: where they land on next year because they're looking at Brandon Pajemski, who's been awesome as a rookie. Mm-hmm. You see Jonathan Kaminga developing right now. like As it's happening, he is figuring out a way to impact winning and be on the court. You got Steph Curry still capable of going for 60, most 50-point games after turning 30 ever in the history of the NBA. Mm. So I could see themselves looking at that and then trace jackson davis hasn't even played a ton yet you add in moses moody and all of a sudden they go oh hey this second timeline thing mm. now it's bad now now you make a couple of minor off-season deals and all of a sudden going into next year you have something that looks more like a contender that's where i think the hang-up
4: might be where they're not just like yeah hey we'll unload this salary sure well, yeah, but I mean, the problem that they have is that they're they're entering their second time frame, whatever. Like Kaminga. Time right. Yeah, timeline. And, and like Kaminga and Moody, their extensions are due this summer. Mm-hmm. So are you going to keep them or not? Are you just going to have them play out as fourth season? Like Kaminga, sure, you're going to have to pay. That's the problem. Like, I, but you have to pay. Here's
3: the other thing with this deadline, Kenny, and why it, why it sounds like it's going to be pretty quiet. If, if your Golden State, is it more valuable to try and do something with coming this offseason
6: season mm.
3: than, or I'm sorry, with, with Moody, this off season Yeah. Instead, of, yeah, instead I, of just unloading salary now. I, so,
6: I would, I would think so, James, you might know a little better, but I, I, I think so. Cause you got more time. You got all these teams have a better understanding of who they truly are. You know, you could, I'm just throwing out like a Orlando or something. Orlando, May you know try be trying to hold on to something because they're like no I like what we got here we could we could really make a push after they're eliminated in the first round and be like nah you know we need to be a little more realistic let's give up Mm -hmm. this um what uh, Carter Wendell Carter that we were trying to hold on to in February let's give him up now for a piece like Moody I'm thinking people might be thinking more clearly in the summer I think so too
4: no I mean I think it's possible but at the same time they have a hundred eighty six million dollar luxury tax bill and if you can shave. Thirty thirty five million off that, mm-hmm. like, that's reasonable basketball. That's that's a reasonable decision mm-hmm. to sh- to save the money. And 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 again, like, Lacob's going to be between luxury tax and salary, he's going to pay four hundred million this year for for a team that currently sits at the 11th spot. Yeah. They might make the play in. They might be able to survive the play in and become the the eight seed. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot of mites. No that's, doubt. No doubt. And and at a certain point, again, you have a GM who, this is his first run with this team. He might be looking and saying, like, I don't have the attachment to these players that somebody else has in the past.
3: Mm. I guess. Yeah, Yeah, I just, I I don't disagree. I just don't know what their mindset is. Yeah. And I don't know if they're living in that space Mm. of, yeah, this team's just not it. Yeah. Like this. Or if they're living in the space of, we still have Steph Curry, so let's keep throwing money at it.
6: Yeah. And then, and then and real quick, and then you, you ask yourself what the Warriors like. Like, some people, so I know they didn't make the 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 all-star team, but some people don't look at the Kings as true contenders, and they've got two guys that are all-star caliber players. Warriors like John, Jonathan Kaminga, all-star player? No. Moses Moody, an all-star player? Like, we talk about Kuminga all-star. Kaminga might be, dude.
1: Kaminga might
6: be, but Kaminga, is he? Is there a world? I guess there is a world. Is he beating out Kawhi and Paul George again next year and Kevin Durant and Devin net, Booker and net, Ant-Man? Next like, year, probably not. It, like He's he's really good. He's got a lot of talent, but we talking about All-Star.
4: Yeah, I mean, like, look, I, I don't think you can get Kaminga from them. I, I'm not saying Kaminga. I'm talking about Moody, who they don't hardly use at all.
6: Yeah, I'm just saying, though, their outlook yeah. on whether we're a championship team or not.
3: Hey, Jonathan Kaminga, the last 10 games— 25-7-2 and
6: two on 61-54-80 splits. He been He's been open. He's been balling. he been hooping.
4: Damn. <laughs> and, but also remember, uh, Draymond Green, Steve Kerr talked about it last night. He's a 5 now. He's yep. not a 4. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, 100%. and Trace Jackson Davis is a 5. He's not a 4. Mm-hmm. And not playing that much. Yeah, and there might not be a way to play both of those guys, and it might be time to bail on something like that. Just
3: saying no I do not I d I don't I don't disagree with, with the premise at all. My my question with it is is like I said, where where Golden State stands. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh NBA trade deadline is tomorrow at noon. Right now, uh today at eleven fifty six. Uh we got D'Lo and Kenny coming up next on ESPN thirteen twenty, Sacramento Sports Leader. Boom!